We'll look at the last two plagues. You say, well, it's Christmas time. See how we pull these all together at Christmas time, the last two plagues. You think, what were they? They're pretty bad plagues, weren't they? And so we're going to look at those. And, you know, as we, as we look at Christmas, how many of you love Christmas? I love, I love the, the lights and I love the colors. And I can't see all the colors, but I love the colors. I think um, Pete, Peter Rich was wearing a tie and he showed it to me today. I thought it was two colors. It was three colors. I didn't see that. But, you know, as I, as I think about times growing up, how much Christmas meant to me. There's a lot of times when my dad would spend a lot of time with us, and my mom would, of course, do little things for us. We had a lot. We didn't have a lot of money growing up, but mom made sure we had everything we needed, and I was so thankful for that. So let's look at these, and we'll get right into it. Exodus chapter 10 and 11, we're going to look at those. We're going to do 9 and 10 today. Actually, 9 starts at verse number 21 of chapter, chapter um, 10, and then 11 it kind of explains what's going on, but it doesn't really kick in. The plague does not start until verse number 29 of chapter 12. We're not going to get that, that, that far this, this tonight. Let's look and, and let's have a word of prayer, and then we're going to get right into it. Lord, I thank you for your word. Lord, I, I thank you for the system that you use, the order that you use. Thank you for caring for us when sometimes we, we don't know what to do ourselves. Lord, I, I thank you for showing us how much you care for us. You know, as we look at this Christmas time, as we, we um, share moments with family and friends, may we always keep what Christmas is all about. Lord, thank you for the things that you've done. I thank you for this year. I thank you for this church. Lord, may we get something from your word tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's look at the, the first, first eight real quick, going over for review. The first one was water to blood. Remember, the magicians, they could do that. They, they, they repeated what they did. The frogs, they could repeat that also. Remember, they could not kill the frogs because the frogs were something that they worshipped. And they would never kill them, so God had to kill them. And when God brought them in, they, they piled them all up, and it really made a mess of everything. Lice comes in, and lice not only messes with your hair, it does other things. It messes with your skin. And then the next one was flies. Flies were everywhere. And God took care of those. Then there was a pestilence where a lot of the animals died that were outside. And then there were the boils that were inflicted only on what? The Egyptians, not the, not the Israelites. The hail came down and it destroyed almost everything. What it did not destroy, the locusts came in and destroyed the rest of the, of the plants. You can just almost picture Egypt as a desolate place with very morbid people. I can't imagine... You know, I just don't see them running around playing tag. I don't see them doing anything other than just trying to get through what they're going through. You ever been in that state? You just go, if I can just get through this, I'll be all right. Well, you've got to multiply that times eight with everything that God has done. And every time Moses goes there, and he tells them this is what's going to happen. And then he says he's going to let them go. And then Pharaoh sets his own rules up, just like man does. And we're coming in on to the ninth one, and the ninth one is darkness. You say, well, that doesn't seem like a very deep plague. What does darkness do? It sets your emotions going different directions. I don't have this on. He's trying to. It sets your emotions on different directions, doesn't it? You ever met somebody that goes, lives in Alaska? They better have a good spirit when they get there, because there's a lot of times when they don't see the sun. And so it says that the darkness came in, and then the, the tenth one, of course, was the most devastating one, and that's where the firstborn died. It's not only the firstborn of the children, it's the first, firstborn of the beast. You say, well, how can they keep record? I know God can, and he did it. 
And so let's look at some of these things, and we're going to explain 9 and 10, and then we're going to put it all together at this time of December. In verse number um, 21 through 23, as we look at it in this, here's com here comes the first um, plague that's going on. And it says in verse number 21, And the Lord said unto Moses, Stretch out thine hand toward heaven, that there may be darkness over the land of Egypt. Seems like a very simple one to do. Seems like it wouldn't be that hard. But you've got to put yourself in their state of mind. Everything is destroyed. Everything. They've lost servants. They've lost family members. They've lost animals. Make matters worse is when they look out and they see animals alive that's not theirs. It is what? It is the Israelites. And so here they come in and he says, listen, he's going to do this. And, and he, he uses a certain word. Go to verse number 21. I think this is interesting. It says, over the land of Egypt, even darkness which may be what? Felt. They couldn't see anything. When you get sick, do you remember when you get sick and you lay in bed? Have you ever laid in bed and go, oh, I just don't know if I'll ever get out of this. Well, here they can't do anything. In fact, it says in the Scriptures, look what the Scripture says, keep reading, it says in verse number 22, And Moses stretched, his, stretched forth his hand toward heaven, and there was a thick darkness. I mean, this, this is really dark. And they can't see anything, and it says in this, as, as you keep reading in verse number 22, and it says, And there was a thick darkness in the land of Egypt three days. This was not normal. This was God showing His power even over the sun. What's going on with everything with them, they can't see anything. For three days they go nowhere. There's sometimes I wish, man, I could just wish I could take three days off. But they don't know what's around them. They don't, and they don't know what's going to happen. And they do not know what the tenth one's going to be. So they're sitting there, and it says in verse number 23, you say, well, they just probably got together and everything was okay. Look at verse number 23. As the plague continues in verse number 23, it says, They saw not one another, neither rose any from his place for three days. If it ended there, it would be interesting. But it's much more interesting with the next part. Because the next part says what? Here again, God's protecting the Israelites. He says this, But all the children of Israel had light in their dwellings. Let me ask you a question. What does all mean? If I had $10 and you wanted all my $10, what does that mean? You got all 10 of my dollars. I mean, this, this, this aspect of this plague is interesting to me. Because you go, well, why didn't they just go get a light? Because God wouldn't let them do it. Why was it so dark? God made it that dark. Do you think um, this played in favor of Moses? Absolutely it did. But yet they, they go out, they, they couldn't go out, but the Israelites could do everything that they wanted. I don't know why God does things, but He had a reason. I think emotionally this destroyed the Egyptians. And I think, we'll see in the next one, I think they blame Pharaoh with what is said. 
and rightly so. Now, keep reading on what happens with this, and of course, we, we know that Pharaoh wants his own way. But there's a reason why he wants his own way now. The Israelites had light in their house. The Egyptians did not. They've been utterly destroyed. Their animals have been killed. Some of their servants have been killed. They've got boils and probably scars from those boils. Their whole world has been crumbling, and it's all because of what God has done to them. Now, you've got to put yourself back and you go about a year in front of that or two years in front of that, they had everything they could possibly want. They had all the temples built, they had everything, and the Egyptians were living off the backs of the Israelites. The Israelites were building everything. They took things away from them to make it harder on them. Go to verse number 24. Verse number 24, it says, it says, And Pharaoh called unto Moses. Sounds like the same story, doesn't it? And said, go ye serve the Lord. And if it ended there, it'd be okay, but it doesn't end there. Look what he says. He says, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Now, when you read this, you've got to put it in perspective again of the, of the Egyptians. They have no flocks. They have no herds. Maybe in the back of his mind, he's saying, if they run, at least we got some food and we've got some animals. So we've lost all of them. They were in dire straits. But when God sets the rules, we follow the rules. Don't make up your own rules. I can do this and still get away with it. No, don't make up your own rules. He had told them and told them that you, you've got to do it this way and this is what we're doing. Keep reading in verse number 24. Pharaoh's trying to get everything done. He says, let, only let your flocks and your herds be stayed. Let your little ones also go with you. He seems like he's compromising with them, isn't he? Hey, listen, I'll let your little ones go. He still wants to be in charge of them. Now watch. After the blood, the lice, the boils, the flies, the locusts, the pestilence, all these things, and now it's darkness, he still thinks he's in control. He's not in control. And thank God for a man that stands up for him. Because look at the next verse. Moses goes after him. It says in the next verse, it says, And Pharaoh called unto Moses, he said all these things. And then look at verse number 25. And Moses said, Thou must give us also sacrifices and burnt offerings, that we may sacrifice to the Lord our God. Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not a hoof be left behind. He's saying, we're going to take them with us if we go. This is what God wants us to do. Now, I, I, I'm playing the role of Pharaoh, and as he listens to this, it's got to upset him. Because they're going to sacrifice these animals and kill these animals. Pharaoh has nothing. He has nothing left. They can't build anything for these three days. They can't do anything. He says, listen, you could take your animals, uh, you could take your kids, you could take your families, but don't take your animals. I think in the back of his mind, he is thinking, if I can just keep these animals, everything's going to be okay. He's holding on to that last straw. Moses said, that's not what we're doing. That's not what God wants us to do. When God tells you to do something, do it. When God tells you to be kind to someone, do it. When God tells you to help somebody out, do it. You know, there's going to be a time when you want help, amen? <laughs> Does anybody like help? 
you know. I was teasing um, the bishops. I was at a party, at, uh, uh, our deacon's party this Friday, and we went out to eat, and I, and I had these, two, these four mittens that I needed. And I, and I said, I need you to go get those. I've lost one of my mittens. There's got to be a, a, a little um, nursery rhyme about that. Not kittens, but mittens. And I said, can you go out and get them, get that one I need? It's black, it kind of blends in. It might have fallen, fallen on the ground when we came in. And they said, oh, they said, okay, so they go out, and they're, they're a sweet spirit. They went out and they looked, they came back and said, can't find that thing. It's not out there, you must have lost it somewhere else. I said, you look everywhere? He said, we looked everywhere. I said, you look inside the Hummer? Yes, I looked inside the Hummer. Then I walk around the outside, my wife and I are, I'm putting my wife in the car, and I walk around that driver's side, and I look down. And halfway out the door is my mitten. In other words, it was sitting in the light. But they, and I said, here, I took a picture of it. I said, guess what I found? My mitten. And you know what they said? We didn't go on that side. <laughs> Apparently. You know, sometimes when we try to make up our own rules, God does not want us to make up our own rules. He's got all the rules we need. Why would we make up more? Follow what his rules say. We want to do it God's way. Go to verse number 26 and continue reading. It says, Our cattle also shall go with us. There shall not a hoof be left behind. And therefore must, he, must we suffer, take to serve the Lord our God. And we know not with what we must serve the Lord until we come thither. He's basically saying God's going to tell us what to do when we get there, but we're bringing all the supplies with us. That's not what Pharaoh's response was good, because in verse number 27 through 29, you see his response to him. In fact, this is the worst response he's had to him yet. And I really, as I study this, I really think it's because he's, he's, he's lost everything. He's holding on to something. Isn't that like us sometimes holding on to something? Verse number 27, it says, But the Lord hardened Pharaoh's heart, and he would not let them go. Now watch this. And Pharaoh said unto him, Get thee from me, take heed to thyself, see my face no more. For in that day thou seest my face, thou shalt die. Men of his power never said that if they didn't mean it. Because if they didn't follow through, everybody that heard the statement would go after him. It's almost like the story of Daniel. Remember when, when the king made a decree? And he made that decree and he said, listen, anybody that's not bowing down or praying towards me and they're praying to something else, they're going to be thrown in the lion's den. Because if you study that story, he did not want to throw Daniel in the lion's den. In fact, it shows how much he loved Daniel because after he threw him in the lion's den, the next morning he went to see if they were there. That was probably the only time he did that. That's how powerful he thought his God was. So he makes this decree. Look what Moses does. And Moses said, Thou hast spoken well. I will see thy face again no more. So darkness comes. And then death as you study um, chapter 11, it's very interesting what happens in this. Because God is not only get, he's getting the Israelites ready with this tenth plague, but he also is helping them financially. Look at what it says in verse number 1. It says, And the Lord said unto Moses, 
Yet will I bring one plague more upon Pharaoh and upon Egypt. Afterwards he will let, go, let you go hence. When he shall let you go, ye, ye shall surely thrust you out hence altogether. This is the first time that he said that to him. And this is the tenth, tenth um, plague that's going on. He said, listen, after this one, they're going to let you go. So get prepared. And you know when God has a movement for you, you better be prepared for it because he's got other things to do. Amen? When he moves you, he's got, a, he's got other things to do. Look at verse number two. It says, speak now in the ears of the people and let every man borrow of his neighbor and every woman of her, of her neighbor jewels of silver and jewels of gold. Understand this. They, the Egyptians owed the Israelites something and they're asking for it back. They're asking for payment for what they had done because they had worked so hard for them. And then in verse number three, and the Lord gave the people Favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Now wait a minute. They've lost everything. And the Israelites haven't lost very much. And yet they find favor in them. You know why I think they did? Because they saw a God that protected them. And so here they're looking at them and, and, they're, and they're saying, listen, I, they find favor. Keep going in this. Number, verse number three is an amazing verse because you'll see some of the things you go, this just couldn't happen. They found favor in them. Now keep reading. It says, moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt. That had to strike Pharaoh bad. Here's this man that's risen up every time he comes. He says something's going to happen. It happens. And then it says, not only was Moses great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. Everybody liked Moses at this particular time, because they saw what he was see what he's saying was true. And then it says, and Moses said, thus saith the Lord, about midnight will I go out in the midst of Egypt. And all the firstborn of the land of Egypt shall die, from the firstborn of Pharaoh, that sitteth upon his throne, even unto the firstborn of the maidservant that is behind the mill, and all the firstborn of the beasts. This, this shows you that God is not a respecter of persons. It's because someone has influence, they have money or whatever, things still happen to them. Pharaoh's going to lose some things. He's not really lost a lot other than his wealth and his country, but personally he's going to lose a lot. Then in verse number 6, And there shall be a great cry throughout all the land of Egypt, such as there was none like it, nor shall be like it any, any more. It's going to be a, a terrible cry. Can you imagine that morning when they wake up? What a devastating blow. They've already seen the death of their animals. Their crops destroyed. Been in darkness for three days and seen water turn to blood, which killed the fish. The, the animals that they did worship, they died. Now they're going to wake up one morning, Ray, and they're going to go in there and that firstborn is going to be dead. You say, well, that's not a very merciful God. I think he's shown much mercy on Pharaoh. Keep reading as, as it goes on in this chapter. And it says in the next verse, it says this, it says, But against any of the children of Israel shall not a dog move his tongue against man or beast, that he may know how that the Lord doth put a difference between the Egyptians and the Israelites. God sure does love his own people, doesn't he? 
And while I was studying this, I, I saw how Moses was honored. E Egyptians and the Pharaoh's servants honored the people. And then verses 4 through 6 explains what's going to happen. So you look at these two, these two and there's darkness and death. I see a lot of Christmas things out. I see a lot of Christmas sweaters. And um, who won the ugly sweater, by the way, at Josh and Megan's? Anybody? No one? All right. You didn't win? You did win? Okay. In verse number 7, it talks about the Israelites. Let's talk about Christmas now. How would Christmas be to you if you didn't have Christ? Can you imagine what Christmas would be like? I was trying to picture what I would feel like if I did not have Christ. It's, it's really, you can't really even understand it. I mean, if my mom didn't have Christ, I'd never see her again. But Christ changed everything. But how would you be if you did not have Christ in your life? You know what Christmas would be? Just a holiday. That's why I hate when they say happy holidays, because it's not just a happy holiday. And you have all those different kinds of things coming in, Hanukkah and Kwanzaa or whatever that is. They've got all these things coming in after this, trying to take away who Christ is. But Christmas is all about Christ. We've got to see Christ in it. You know, as, as children, do we look at it as we get two weeks out of school? I know some teachers in here probably think that. Heather probably thinks that. Two weeks out of school, that's a great thing. That's called summer break too, okay? But as we look at Christmas, what would Christmas be like if you did not have Christ? Whew. If you do some statistics, and I looked at them, and it, it, it's, it's staggering to find out where the suicide rate is at Christmas time. Between Thanksgiving and Christmas, the suicides doubled. Why is that? Many people celebrate Christmas but don't know about Christ, right? How would your life be without Christ? Can I give you two words that it would be like? It would be like darkness and what? Lifeless. Sure sounds like those two last plagues, doesn't it? Dark. How many of you read the Christmas story at your family when you do, when you do your... Raise your hand if you do. And we always read the Christmas story. And don't get me wrong, I know what my kids are thinking sometimes. Let's get through this, get through this story so that I can get to my presence. But you know what we do with our kids? We show them what's important by doing that. Because it's not about us. There's nothing more, Phyllis and I'd rather do is watch my little granddaughter smile. But there's nothing more that I can do better for is read the story of Christ to her. Because I'm telling you, out in this world, there's a lot of people that are living in darkness. And they have no hope for life. And they're, they're, in, they're in outer darkness not knowing what's going to happen and they can say Merry Christmas all they want but it doesn't mean the same thing to them as it does me. Because when I say Merry Christmas, you know what it's all about? Those first letters in Christmas. It's all about Christ in Christmas. 
I can't imagine living in darkness. I can't fathom it. There was a time in my life when I was like that. But you know what Christ brings? <laughs> he brings light. The Israelites had light. And Christ brings light. Christ brings light to you today. Don't you love those strands of light when you get out and there's one section that doesn't work? What do you do? Now you can just toss them and get brand new ones because they're, they're really cheap. I remember my mom just going through and putting that little thing on each one to see which one was broken. And then I remember when she'd bring the lights out and they were all in a bundle. I never understood that, why she did that. And she'd say, hey, can you undo this? No, I don't want to undo this. I remember when you turned the lights on and how excited you got when the light's on because Christ even brings that light to us. What's the Bible say? Ye are the light of the world. What do the Egyptians know right now? In utter darkness for three days. You know the difference between them and unsaved people? Unsaved people, when they die, it never ends after three days. They don't have light. Christ brings light. And he brings life. Man, I, I, I love being around Christians because they bring life to me. Children bring life to me. I love being with them when we went bowling and we ate pizza and did all that stuff. You know, I enjoy doing that. Now, you have to watch them like a hawk. And there's one that's always running around everywhere. But you know what? There's life in those children. If you don't believe me, I'll let you go and you watch them. My wife and I sit back. There's something about life that God gives us. Having Christ is exactly opposite of the last two plagues that God brought down on Pharaoh. God truly makes a difference in our world. So you could have everything in your life crash down. If you have God, you have, you're all right. Do you realize how fast in Job's life he lost everything? Because God tells you how long it took him to understand it. Let's end it with this. And he'll, he'll show you exactly what. I'm going to pick on some men in here and I'm going to ask you, I'm going to give you some verses. And I want you to read it to me like you would if you were a servant. And your servant has lost everything. Go to Job chapter 1. Pick on a few people to do this for me. On number 1, I want, let me see. Russ, can you do verse number 15? And let's go to the next one, verse number 16. You don't need to read while they were yet speaking, okay? Because that's not something you would read if you were, the, if you were the, um, the man that was coming to tell him this. Go to verse number 16. Let me see who I've got over here. Pete, Pete Rich, um, Peter, Peter Rich, is he in here? Pete, can you do that for me? And then we're going to go over to Pete over here, verse number 17. And then um, let me see. Mike Brown, you got 18. Let me show you how fast he loses it, and yet he does not change because he was a righteous man.
See, God changes everything, doesn't He? So, when you're speaking, the next one stand up, and when he's done, I need a timer on this. I want, you, I want to show you this, how fast this happens. Because he didn't lose all of them at one time, but he heard about them at one time. All of them were wiped out, and these, these guys probably came from different directions and said, this person died, this person died, this person died, this thing, this thing happened. Watch how fast. Do I have anybody, Daniel, get your timer out. Now watch this. I'm standing there and don't know anything that's happened, and watch how fast Job loses it. Who's first? Go ahead. The Chaldeans made out three bands and fell upon the camels and have carried them away. Yea, and slain the servants with the edge of the sword, and I am only, and I am only escaped alone to tell thee. How long did that take? Tell me God doesn't make a difference in your life. He had every right to turn, and yet he didn't. God sure does make a difference, doesn't he? He lost everything in probably anywhere from a minute to two minutes, including his own children. Tell me God doesn't make a difference. There's people out in darkness that don't know who Christ is, and they're going to celebrate Christmas. They know it's a day. You told the average person, you know Christ wasn't really born on the 25th of December? What? That's his birthday. They know that. He probably was born in the summer. If you tell them there was, only, the, 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 there was more, there could have been more wise men than three. What? I've seen those plastic figurines in the yards. That's what they tell us. Well, he didn't even see him in a manger. We sometimes don't even, we take for granted what we know. We take for granted who we know. And there's light in that. I don't want to end it on a good, bad note. I want to end it on a good note. You know what? Jesus, save your soul. He will make you what you need to be. He will direct you and where you need to go. And you know what? There's no death in it. There's only life. I have a plant in my office. For the life of me, I can't keep the thing alive. And it's a peace lily. I mean, who can kill a peace lily? I can. But I've got a little green thumb man that's here. His name is Daniel. You just ask Daniel.com and he'll, and he'll answer all your questions. And he looked at my plant and all I saw was four little twigs sticking out about a dirt. I was ready to chuck that in the ground, chuck, chuck it in the in thing, and get another one. Bring another one home, see what I can do. He said, I think we can get this thing back alive. I said, it's too gone. He starts giving it mouth-to-mouth -mouth resuscitation, and guess what? It works. He starts peeling all these things off, breaking them off, and he says, listen, there looks like there's some green on it. I'm colorblind. I thought it was all brown. So he takes it and he starts tearing apart. And when he got done, I've got to admit, it looked worse when he got done. But go in my office now. And I got a little plant with about four leaves on it. Oh, it's far from being a great plant. But you know what it has? Life. 
You know the moral of this story? When you want your, your, your plant to get some light, don't put it outside when it's 95 degrees. Daniel told me that I shouldn't have done that. And now he's protecting my plant as much as possible. Can I say this to you? God loves you, gave you light, and gives you life. There's some people out there that don't have that. You know, there's a lot of Egyptians out there. They're just wandering around. They, they think they've got it under control. And at any second, Christ could come back and they would be lost forever. We've got to share it. We've got to understand what the light's all about. Aren't you thankful that you're not in darkness? Aren't you thankful that you have light?